0: Hello and welcome to The Last tranche. In 2022 to date, 117 different CLO managers have priced a transaction globally, 110 of which have created a new issue deal. These firms come in a range of shapes and sizes from the world's largest asset managers and private equity firms to small startups with a CLO focus. The strategies of each of these firms uh, that is employed by each of these firms is equally diverse. Some trade and position their portfolios aggressively, while others are known to be more conservative. Some have their own captive equity funds, while others syndicate to third parties, and each finds itself in a different so-called tier, which impacts their liability pricing as well as their ease of access to the loan market. So what is the uh, diversity of the manager base truly like? And what strategy makes uh, most sense for a challenged credit environment like we're heading into? And is the manager base likely to shrink or expand in the future? Here to discuss, I'm joined by John Wright, who is Managing Director at Bain Capital Credit. Uh, Bain is both a manager of CLOs and an investor in third-party CLO debt and equity. Uh, John, thanks for joining The Last tranche. Thanks for having me, Hugh. I'm happy to be here. So the number of CLO managers has expanded pretty rapidly in the last few years. Would you say it's harder to differentiate yourself as a manager than it used to be?
1: You know, I think the ability to differentiate as a manager really comes in a lot of different forms, and it can be market-dependent. I think um, when we look at the CLO manager landscape, one of the great things that we recognize, certainly as an investor in CLOs, is that there's no single formulation for what makes a CLO manager successful. When we think about different types of managers, usually we we categorize them in two ways. One is by how they stylize their portfolio management, meaning how diverse are their portfolios, um, the scale of their team, how deep of a credit underwrite are they willing to do, and also how do they take risk, how concentrated is it How industry focused is it? Um, And that's a big part of understanding what's gonna drive performance. But the second piece really is thinking about the size of the manager and their scale. And that can be especially relevant during periods of volatility like we're in right now, where uh, being a larger manager, having a larger debt following um, really gives you access to the market when smaller managers may be shut out or may not be able to issue at levels that are economic. And so uh, in the current market, I think scale is a key benefit. But as an investor, you know, we've, we've found successful CLO management platforms of, of a lot of different shapes and sizes.
0: I want to ask about uh, those two different uh, categories that you have uh, separately. If we start with, you know, the uh, portfolio metrics that you're looking at, what would you say some of the key ways that managers are able to differentiate themselves? I know you said diversity, those kind of things, but what are the, what are the important things that you're looking at?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I think if you think about, you know, large CLO managers, one of the key questions we, we frequently um, ask ourselves, uh, and it can differ whether you're looking at a debt investment or an equity investment as a debt investor, uh, I think you have to appreciate what that manager's debt following is and therefore what type of liquidity you can expect to see when you're thinking about trading debt investments in that CLO. As an equity investor uh, and to some extent as a debt investor, obviously performance of the underlying pool is critically important. And so uh, we look at performance uh, across the manager universe and reevaluate it very regularly because there are times that we see certain styles uh, perform well and there are times that we see other styles perform well. But I'd say overall, as a debt investor, we we tend to prefer higher levels of diversity. Uh, We like being able to monitor portfolios. So knowing that the underlying portfolio has prices that we believe are accurate uh, and seeing feeds on those underlying holdings, that really is helpful for us as an underlying investor. But ultimately, the value that the manager brings is going to be a function of how successful their credit selection and their trading is over the course of the life of that deal.
0: If you, you're looking at a deal that's presented to you as you know, the part of your business where you're investing in in CLOs managed by third parties, what are some of the things that you'd be looking out for in uh, what's it, what, what can signal to you, you know, what the manager's strategy is? The first step is is obviously always talking to the
1: manager and hearing them describe how they think about taking risk and pricing risk, uh, as well as how they describe their ongoing management and turnover of the portfolio. But critically important in our formulation or our approach to investing is then reconciling that with what they actually own in their portfolios and what our internal view is of those underlying names um we have a large credit team in-house that we leverage to really help us uh have an informed view of what the what the portfolio manager is doing in the portfolio And the reality is it's not the case that our credit team has to be perfectly comfortable with every name that another manager is choosing. However, there is a nuance to being able to go through these portfolios and understand whether the manager is taking risk in the form of concentrated single name positions or concentrated industries, or whether the manager is taking their risk in the form of going down in liquidity and maybe smaller issuers, or whether the manager is skewing the portfolio toward one ratings type or another. And so there's there's a lot of differences in terms of being able to reconcile the way the manager Manager articulates their approach and how we see that playing out in the underlying portfolio.
0: And then I suppose following on from that, you, if you if you take a view of a manager or a particular manager or particular CLO as being of more concentrated, maybe has higher risk than some of the others. As an investor, you're, you're building a portfolio them yourself. Is it the case that you know you you want a sort of mix of riskier and less risky managers, or is it is it more the case that you'd uh, you know want to sort of have more, more invested with deals that you perceive as being you know, a bit you know, more of a balanced conservative approach?
1: Yeah, sure. So you know, it's really the intersection of how risk is being taken and how that risk aligns or doesn't with what you're comfortable with. And so if it is more concentrated risk and you're a debt investor and it's risk that you are generally uncomfortable with, uh, you know, it's going to require quite a bit of premium in terms of the yield of that debt investment to make it worthwhile. I think on the equity side, um, you really need to see a high alignment around whether it's a lot of diversity, whether it's more concentrated, and how that aligns with your underlying view of those particular exposures. So again, it's not so much that there's always one right answer, it really depends on the situation and how that aligns with our our view.
0: One thing we didn't mention yet is um, whether or not the manager has their own captive equity fund. Obviously, when the risk retention rules came into effect in the US, it led to an increase in managers raising their own uh, captive equity funds to back their own transactions. How does the existence or not, or otherwise of a captive equity fund influence the manager's behavior and how does that in turn impact deal, deal performance?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think our view of risk retention funds and captive equity funds has evolved over time as we can see it being applied in different ways. And what I mean by that is, I think there is a skeptical view of these vehicles, which is that managers are gonna go out and raise capital, and if they're in control of deployment, they're gonna deploy for the benefit of, of generating a fee stream. And I think as we evaluated risk retention funds and thought about it for our own application, we actually looked at it very differently by saying we think that there's an enormous value if you're not focused on AUM growth, if you're just focused on return in having committed equity so that you can be nimble when you want to execute a CLO. And what I mean by that is in the current market, we know the debt market is very volatile. The underlying loan market is very volatile. It can be really challenging to try to put the pieces in place for a successful CLO if you're going to be slowed down by going out and trying to convince an external equity investor to participate if you're in control of that equity and you're oriented to driving to the best possible return, having that commitment in hand really gives you the capability to be nimble and to go buy assets when you like the assets and to go execute liabilities when you like the liabilities. So our view is is that having that committed equity when paired with a manager who is aligned around generating the right return is critically important in terms of driving a successful outcome in the current market.
0: Leading on from that, it's possible to manage your deal either in favor of your equity or in favor of your of your debt. Since you both have debt investments, you're also a manager and you have the equity investments. How do you perceive the balance of those competing interests? Sure, that's a question we get from investors and uh, as a manager, I would say that we don't view
1: decisions around, you know, being favorable to the equity and therefore unfavorable to the debt or vice versa. I think we try to make decisions as a manager that we believe add value to the structure of the CLO and that does benefit both equity and debt investors. And so being an investor in the equity tranche as, a you know, risk retention or committed equity investor, as well as being a manager, is very helpful in terms of execution of the deal. It also aligns interest, in our view, uh, with both equity and debt investors because we are focused on return. So, you know, we don't manage our CLOs in a way we, we, um, that we over concentrate risk, that we think that we take a swing for the fences approach. We actually invest our portfolios in a way and manage them in a way that we're focused on long term returns long-term attractive net interest margin. And that is a benefit that serves not just the equity, but also the debt.
0: Another difference between managers that you already touched on is the scale of a platform. Um, often you'll hear some of the biggest managers will say that they've got you know better access to the debt markets. They're more liquid names um, that can benefit them in terms of uh, equity arbitra- arbitrage in terms of performance. And then on the other hand, smaller companies will say they're not having to buy every loan that comes out, they can be a bit more discriminating when it comes to the investments they make. What's your take on this? How does a manager's size affect their behavior and their performance?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think scale is is very important in markets like the one that we're in right now. It's important in a lot of markets, but especially in the one that we're in right now. And the reason for that is you have to be able to access debt markets to be able to create a CLO. And um, as I think about our platform, we like to think of ourselves really in the sweet spot. And what I mean by that is we are big enough and have a long enough history that we have the following of the debt market. Uh, and we can and we we can issue in challenging environments. However, we're not so big that we feel as though we have to compromise on credit selection. We do have a large team. We do have very diverse portfolios, but um, we still own a vast minority of underlying issuers in the loan market. So we're still remaining very selective. I think your point on small managers, uh, you know, not having uh, being as stretched from a name count or from a selection perspective, can be true to some extent. But the reality is, if you can't access the market on economic terms, it's not really much of a benefit uh, to be able to deliver so um, I think there's truths truths to both points but I think that there is a happy medium and that's that's where we see our platform
0: so um, I want to ask as well where, where you see yourself soothing on the spectrum of some of the other you know, portfolio metrics that we asked about I mean um, not just in terms of size I know we I checked this earlier Bain's the 16th largest CLO manager according to our own uh, rankings at credit flux mm-hmm. but in terms of the range of metrics you know diversity scores um, uh, whether you perceive yourself as being more aggressive, more conservative, um, where do you position yourself within that universe? I would say, uh,
1: as we look at the various metrics you can use to assess style, uh, in the US, we are uh, of the most diverse uh, managers. So I think we are our first quartile diversity manager. We tend to have more names in the portfolio. And the reason for that is, Um, Number one, we have a large credit team and we're leveraging uh, their insights in terms of being able to choose more names But also that diversity gives us better flexibility as it relates to trading the portfolio Uh, If you run into a company that has a problem and the loans trade down if you own a 25 or 50 basis point position It's a much more manageable size and you can make an honest assessment Whether you want to sell it and just bear the loss uh, because you think it's gonna go lower or whether you want to add to it, you have capacity to add to it. As you start to own exposures, you know there are 75 or 100 basis points. It becomes, you know, both harder to sell and harder to add to. And so we like that diversity, Um, you know, across other metrics, I'd say we tend to be around median or slightly above median as it relates to weighted average spread. I'd say ratings quality, it depends on the metric, but we tend to be around the middle of the road. But we do focus on trying to minimize what our tail exposure looks like, both in terms of discounted assets, but also um, lower rated uh, uh, exposures. And within those tails, we try to maintain uh, diversity as well.
0: Let's talk about where things are in the market right now. It's been relevant to everything we've said already, but um yeah, we want to get into some of the those dynamics specifically. So it seems to be consensus that the US economy is heading to a recession. That means, uh, as far as the CLO manager is concerned, that downgrades and defaults are going to increase going forward. And as a result, most people are choosing to position themselves a little more defensively. You've managed through downturns before. How do you position yourself to be best prepared for the environment that's coming ahead? I
1: think there are uh, some things you can do uh, from a top-down perspective, but ultimately our, our key focus is really ensuring that we're being conservative enough in terms of modeling the underlying companies and doing that bottoms up work. And so we've undertaken a pretty significant uh, re-underwrite of our portfolios from a bottom up perspective, thinking about what top line and EBITDA implications may be, as well as how the increase in borrowing costs is gonna affect companies, uh, both from a free cash flow perspective, but also um, from a liquidity perspective. And so, uh, you know, I believe the current environment is one where credit selection will continue to be an increasing uh, differentiator of platforms and having a large and experienced team and being able to undertake these uh, deep re-underwrites is enormously valuable because it presents opportunities to make relative value trades and avoid potential pitfalls before they become problematic in a, at a portfolio level. The other thing I would mention, too, is that um, by being part of a broader organization and having the expertise, not just on the loan side, in some of our portfolios, we have looked at using higher quality uh, investment grade bonds in relatively modest size as swap candidates. So you could look at a loan, a loan that trades down and you're concerned about further downside trading out of that and buying into a, a, an investment grade bond that's traded down significantly because of the rate exposure. Uh, and you can protect par on that basis and go up in quality. Uh, so that's a trade that we've made in some of our CLO portfolios where we have that flexibility.
0: What about the size of the CLO manager base? There's been five new managers that printed uh, debut deals this year, those being uh, Blue Bay, Empower, Franklin Visors, Musenik, and Saratoga, that's in the US. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, you know, there's a lot of consolidation in the industry, a lot more than recent years. I mean, last Monday, the news broke that uh, Credit Suisse Asset Management may be seeking a buyer. Uh, but there's a number of firms, big and small, that have uh, sold their platforms. We're hearing about others that are looking into it. Uh, What do you see as the direction of travel? Are we likely to see more new firms come up, or is it that there's gonna be more consolidation that shrinks the manager base?
1: Sure, I think there's a short-term and long-term answer there that are slightly different. I think in the short-term, given the dynamics we mentioned about how challenging it is for smaller managers to be able to issue deals on economic terms, I think we're less likely to see new managers popping up uh, during this period of volatility. I think we're also likely to see further consolidation. Uh, I think the benefits of scale really really come to bear uh, in markets like these. And, and with a number of large CLO managers being uh, a part of firms that have publicly traded equity, they have a currency they can use to acquire smaller managers and, and get value on their public equity uh, on the backside. So I think we're going to continue to see that consolidation in the short term. Over the medium or longer term, as the market uh, recovers and gets uh, to a place where it's more normalized issuance, I do think we could then see new managers coming back. Uh, you know, I think the, the, the formulation for creating a successful manager requires that market to be open, but it also requires a lot of other p- pieces, including you know, a large team and quite a capital investment, as well as uh, a significant equity commitment. Uh, but I would expect that once the market is normalized, we will see new, new managers coming back uh, at that point.
0: Yeah, what are some of the market dynamics that lead to the consolidation of the kinds that we've been seeing? I know, you know some of the managers that sold already, they sold pretty large uh, valuations, so it's clear that investors are willing to, to pay up for a CLO business.
1: Yeah, I think the, the valuation will um, be driven by, uh, by market dynamics, but I think there is clearly a value and a multiple that's assigned to the steady cash flows that can be generated from CLO management fees. And that's something that gives, uh, you know, certain types of of buyers, uh, potentially traditional asset managers, an avenue into the alternative space, while also giving, from a financial standpoint, a stable uh, revenue base. And so I think there's a lot of reasons why that's attractive, not to mention the growth prospects thereafter. That said, uh, you know, I think consolidation also in and of itself from one CLO manager to uh, acquiring another, there is, again, a benefit of scale. So if you're a small manager, even if you have some equity commitments, but you're unable to deploy them because you can't access the debt market. Um, I think that's only gonna last so long before those managers decide to potentially join uh, and become a part of a larger a larger platform.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's likely there's to be both uh, new managers and buyouts then, maybe in the short to medium term. Uh, is it fair to say that there's an optimal uh, number of CLO managers it's around the sort of 110, 120 level that the market currently finds itself at?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that if that's the the natural optimal number. Although I ha- I do think that's been a relative stable number for the last few years. I think it's important to appreciate that that this year a majority of the CLOs that have been issued, I think it's uh, north of 55 or 56 percent of the CLOs that have been issued this year have been issued by the 20 largest managers. So while it's true uh, you have you know close to 100 managers who have been active this year, um, you know the vast majority of the of the activity is concentrated in the top 20 20 or so managers.
0: John Wright, Managing Director at Bain Capital Credit. Thank you so much to, for joining the, the last tranche today. It was really interesting to hear your views on what is a very interesting time for the market. So thank you. Thanks very much for having me, Hugh. It's been a pleasure.